Hello, and welcome to Piece of Pod Employment Law Conversations, your go-to guide for navigating all things employment law related in England. I'm Sarah Whitemore, and I'm an employment lawyer and senior partner in South Coast law firm Warner Goodman, and I've got over 30 years of legal experience. In this podcast, I'll be talking with law firm partners, business owners, entrepreneurs, and other people engaged in the world of work, and we'll be discussing all things related to employment law, how to manage people, and how to excel in today's modern dynamic workplace. So if that's of interest to you, grab yourself a drink, get yourself comfortable, and let's dive in. So today I'm joined by Sam Miles, who heads up the family team here at Warner Goodman. Um, welcome, Sam. It's lovely to speak to you. We don't often get the opportunity to just sit down and have a chat, do we? So it's nice to do this. Yeah. It's only a shame that it's on camera, but <laughs> never mind. Try not to look. So let's start from the beginning then. You've been a family lawyer for, for many years. I think you've been with Warner Goodman for about 20 years, or it will be perhaps next year. Yeah. Time oh, for party. Oh, coming up. Can you share with us a little bit about your, your background, how you came to be interested in the legal sector, and what brought you to Warner Goodman? Yeah, I can. Um, And it's probably not what you'd expect because I never intended to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a graphic designer. Yeah. And I had a place at art school and then I suddenly realised, I think someone might have mentioned, well, that's probably not going to pay very much, is it? So I thought, well, what what could pay the bills and law? You know, people think that you're going to earn loads. You don't, but I figured it was going to pay better than designing interiors for people so I applied and got on to a law and business degree and it kind of went from there you just end up following the path that you set yourself on and from there I ended up doing a master's in criminology and specialised in criminal law for a long time then a job came up at a previously unnamed firm that I won't mention here um, and it was a family job so I made the jump started doing family work and found that I really enjoyed it and I've been at it ever since. And did you find it very different doing family work after a a life of crime so to speak? Not really the kind of in fact probably it's a little bit harder than crime because at least with crime they've either done it or they haven't and you you act accordingly with family and you're unpicking a lot of really difficult things but ultimately you're dealing with people and the skills are the same whether you're dealing with somebody been charged with a criminal offence or you're dealing with somebody going through an emotional time such as a divorce so that the skills are the same, it's just the people are different. You and I have both been lawyers for, for a very long time, and we've both um, had to juggle that sort of development of your career alongside bringing mm. up family. We've both got two children. Yeah. Uh, in both cases, both of them have worked for the firm for a while as yes. well, which is a, yeah. a strange thing, getting to the age where your staff members are as old as your children, or, or vice versa. So how have you juggled the, the family and work-life situation? Um, I think as any working mum will tell you, probably not well. Um, Part-time for a long time, trying just to do the best that you can, and you never feel that you do. You always feel you're not achieving either properly at home or at work, but you just muddle through it, really, don't you? But the important thing is to have the support of a firm like Warners, that you know that they're there for you, and they'll if you need to pop off or go home suddenly for a reason, you can do it. And as long as you've got that kind of support behind you, Somehow you do, you just manage, because I think women's just manage generally as part of the job description. Yeah, I think it's a very good point, because Warners is very supportive in that respect. We're very keen on sort of flexible working and, mm-hmm. and understanding that. And I think a lot of the partners have, have brought their own children up at the same time as being lawyers, so they understand that. I always remember a firm down the road, which we won't again name, um, one of my friends became a, a, a lawyer there, and she said she'd ask them if she could go part-time, and they said yes. 
she could work Monday to Friday, nine to four, instead of nine to five. That's helpful. I, I've always felt, as you say, that, you know, if it's sports day or it's a nativity or whatever, that you could get out and go if yeah. you needed to. But equally, then you give back in terms of loyalty, don't you? Exactly. You get what you give. And in this firm, that is definitely true. People will put back because they know that they've had flexibility and time that they've needed for their family. And it's, it is hugely important. If you can't be there for your family, you're not going to be operating well in the workplace either. Because the guilt will come with you and it'll be in your head and on your mind. Absolutely. So now you head up our family team and you, you've been head of family, I would think, probably for the best part of that 20 years. Relatively yeah. early on here, you, you became the head of family. So you built the family team around you and, and what sort of things have changed during that time whilst you've been head of family? Oh, well, in terms of the law, not much. We've had some shifts in law, huge changes to our legal aid system. So we no longer have legal aid for a lot of the work that we do. That's been massive. But it, what's changing more recently is a drive towards alternative forms of dispute resolution. There's a real emphasis on mediation and arbitration and out-of-court solutions to family problems. And I think that that is reflective of how society is becoming hopefully less litigious and, and hopefully more willing to be more collaborative in the way that we work with each other. So that's been the biggest change I've seen. And we've trained two mediators in our family department. I'm one of them. And our, pra our mediation practice is growing really well and really healthily. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed over recent years. So as you say, you're, you're a qualified mediator and we've got another mediator in, in the team. What is the difference between mediation and any other sort of litigation? What, what is mediation? So mediation is a way of bringing a couple who are in dispute, whether it's over money, children or a combination, together into a room with a trained independent third person, the mediator. The job of the mediator is not to counsel or to go back and allow the people to go over all their historical problems and arguments, but to help them focus on the future and to have constructive conversations about what they're going to do about their money and how they're going to make arrangements for their children. And in particular, when it comes to children, there is now focus on involving the children in the process and allowing them to have their voice heard. That doesn't mean we bring the kids in and they sit in the room. It means a mediator will have a session with the children and just listen to them and find out what's working for them and not working for them and feed that back if the children want us to, to mum and dad. And that's a really powerful tool um, in, our, in our little arsenal of how to get parents to co-parent successfully for the health and welfare of their kids. When it's about money, the mediator will help the couple bring all their financial information together, all the cards in the deck face up on the table, and the job of the mediator is to guide the conversation, hopefully so that the couple can reach a deal that they can both live with and avoid the court process and all of the money and the time and the expense emotionally and financially that that would cost. Perhaps that's a quicker way to get to a resolution and yeah. um, it perhaps wouldn't take so long as maybe the back and forth between lawyers and waiting for court dates would oh, take. Oh yeah, so so much quicker where both people are really bought into the process and they're doing the homework that the mediator will be setting for them then yes it is so much quicker and also cheaper. It's not cheap um, but it's cheaper, but it's hard work, you know, it's not the easy option. I tell my mediation clients, well done, and I mean it, because it is difficult to get in a room with your ex and have those constructive conversations when probably all you want to do is 
you know, land a few punches, maybe, <laughs> or um, say a few choice words. And sometimes the punching doesn't happen, but sometimes the choice words can happen. And there is a place for a little bit of that. There is a cathartic element to it. But a good mediator won't let that just be the only thing that goes on in the room. It, you know, it should hopefully be a productive process when it's suitable and for couple, couples where both of them really do want to do it. And does it then result in a, um, a deal that's more likely to be stuck to because they've both bought into yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, you've done hard work, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend time and energy, and it is serious energy, only to let the deal that you've done fall down. So even though mediation isn't binding and you do have to take the deal you've done in mediation away to be converted into a binding format, I would say that 95% of them stick because... Why would you Why would you go through it if you don't want the deal to stick? It's only in the cases where you've got somebody who probably wasn't completely sure um, and then their lawyer or their, their family get in their ear and, and it falls apart, but you can normally spot them and um, call it out. Mm. And you talked about the emotion in the room and the, maybe not coming to blows, but the emotion in the room. A lot of family law work is emotional, isn't it? It deals with the the real issues that cause upset between people and, and so on. And do you find that that bubbles over onto your team? How do, how do your team deal with dealing with emotional people? Oh, I would say with dark humour, um, you have to be able to laugh. And also you have to have a team around you that you can just offload onto in the moment. If something's really got to you or something's troubling... Just step out of the room and chat it through. Don't let you know. We don't. We don't sit in silos. We are very much a team. We have our own caseloads, but we share a lot. And you have to because you cannot take this stuff home with you. It can't. It can't sit on your shoulders. Um, and I think you have to have a certain personality type as well. So we do care, um, but we don't internalise. You can't do that. Yeah, and and mental well-being, mental health in terms of our own employees. That's something that. As a profession, we're now a lot more focused on the SRAs just recently brought in new regulations about you know treating your colleagues with fairness and, and dignity and, and that sort of thing. Is that something that you've seen over a period of time has had to change in relation to your team? I don't think so. And I, and I, I like to think that that's because I've always treated my team that way, because that's how I need them to treat me in return. That's how we support each other. Um, it kind of shocks me to think that doesn't happen as a as a standard and as a norm, but clearly it does, and we've seen and heard about when it's gone wrong. But um, I've always surrounded myself with people that treat each other well and fairly and are very cooperative and very supportive. So <laughs> it's kind of like what, teaching Granny to suck eggs, I think, that for me, but... Not to blow, you know, toot my horn, but I just think that's how we are. And yeah. I, I think that's how Warner's is as a firm as well. We're, we're just nice to each other and kind, so we don't need to be taught it. It's in our DNA. Absolutely. So emotionally charged situations, they impact on our team. But from the audience point of view, a lot of our people listening and watching to this will be business owners or mm-hmm. HR managers. And they may well have a significant proportion of their workforce at any time going through these sorts of yeah, family yeah. breakups and, and um, whether it's court based or whether it's just uh, you know family breakups. How do you and your team help businesses to negotiate and, and deal with these challenges? So... Through your peace of mind offering, we obviously do have, you know, we, we offer a discount off an initial fixed fee consultation with a staff member that might be going through it. 
And that's key because people don't know what they don't know when they're, when they're facing divorce or separation, they're scared. It kicks the fight, flight response well into gear and you have people operating in, in high stress. So those people are going to be no good um, at work, they're not going to be operating at optimal capacity because they're scared. And so what we can do is take away that fear by offering really early advice, sound advice that often people walk in feeling one way and walk out feeling another because they know stuff. It might not be what they wanted to hear but at least they know stuff. And there's a plan and they can see a way forward and hopefully a light at the end of the tunnel. So then they can return to work karma, knowing that they've got someone in their corner and hopefully, you know, not frightened anymore and able to get back to the job without everything else that's in their head clouding whatever it is that they're trying to get on with at work. I think that's absolutely right. That initial piece of advice is, is really important. It certainly was for me because, you know, it's that fear of the unknown, isn't it? You're, you're used to your situation. You know what your marriage situation is and what your financial situation is. You don't quite know what the court might do or might not do. You might have heard rumours about how things are split or you might have had friends who've split in a certain way and their finances are split, but you don't know if that's what's going to happen to you. And I think people then panic, don't they, as to, yeah. I I'm not going to have a house, he's going to have the house, I'm not going to have the children, she's going to have the children, whatever it might be. Yeah. So that just helps you to be a bit more grounded, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes away the panic, hopefully, and that brings the, you know, the fight-flight response under control um, you can't understate it, when somebody's operating in that mode, you know, the hijack, the amygdala hijack we call it, and um, there's a lot of science about this that, that we learn and we're taught, especially as mediators, about how to bring people out of that mode and get them into a place where they can think rationally and they can operate and function without panic. Panic is an awful place to be and people going through divorce can be in that state of mind and just knowing a bit of information, having an idea about what might happen, and also having the, the sense that someone's on their team and someone's got their back. That bit, of, that bit of extra support can just be all it takes to get somebody back into functioning, rational thought processing. And from a business point of view, you've got an employee who's going through this, you may well be thinking, well, are they going to have loads of time off? Are they going to be in and out of court every five minutes? Are there lots of appointments with lawyers? Mm -hmm. How much of a sort of time drain do you think... Um, family proceedings might be for someone? Well, they, they shouldn't need to be coming in and out of my office. We can do so much by email and jump on a Teams or a Zoom. They shouldn't need to be in and out of the office and there shouldn't need to be that many court hearings. If we do our job right, we hope to avoid court altogether. We hope to get things done amicably um, as paper exercise. So it really shouldn't be a time drain on the employee at work. An employer shouldn't be seeing absence because of this maybe the odd hour every now and again but certainly not week week in week out or anything much more than that and covid has that changed the way the courts approach things are, are the court hearings now online and teams calls that yeah. sort of thing or? yeah a lot are online um, a lot of work is now done through a portal so we're rarely setting foot through the door of a court in family finance work children work is slightly different but yeah, it, COVID really altered the way we worked and the way the court approaches things, but also the drive towards alternative dispute resolution and out of court resolution has changed it as well. And what about Sam Miles? Tell me a little bit more about Sam Miles. What have your significant milestones been? Oh, golly, right. So, um, well, 
Training as a mediator was a biggie, a huge change in what I do, sitting down with a couple and working with them and, um, you know, making, with their ch seeing their children especially, that's just, it's a real uh, privilege. So that was a massive milestone. And becoming a partner and now equity partner, that was massive. That, and I'm still waiting for you to all find me out. <laughs> well, we should at least say congratulations because you've just become uh, an equity partner. And for the benefit of the audience who don't know, that means you're at the top table. Now you're one of the owners of the business. Mm -hmm. So big step up. How, how's that transition been for you and, and, and the firm, I guess? I was sweating. <laughs> I, it, I didn't expect it to hit me the way it did. Um, I knew it was happening, obviously, for quite a long time before. Um, but then the day it happened and the first equity partner meeting, I was sweating. Because you do suddenly think differently about the firm and it alters, you know, your, the, the way you approach everything. So... It was a huge step, but I'm so glad I took it. It's really exciting. I'm thrilled. And you alluded just a little bit there to sort of imposter syndrome, if mm. I might say that. You know, I haven't been found out yet. I think yeah. we all carry that around a little bit with yeah. us, don't we? So it's, it's, a, it's a challenge to, to think of yourself as one of the grown-ups. And my team call it being one of the grown-ups. Yeah. Big goal. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. And, you know, what a privilege it is to have so many women as part of our top table. I know, right? That um, We were chatting about this the other day and how there's awards for this stuff, the Venus Award that we won some years ago. But again, it's not something that Warners promote because we just are. We just do. Um, we look after people and if you're good, you get, you get the rewards. It doesn't matter whether you're a man, a woman, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. So that's, you know, part of why I love the firm so much and why I'm so happy. Yeah, I think it's been one of those firms where there's opportunities for all, really. And you can come from whatever background you like. You don't have to have this type of qualification. You know, when I started out 30 years ago, you know, traditionally you did a law degree. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was something different with a one-year conversion. And you did your training contract for a couple of years. And then you were a qualified solicitor and, and then became a partner eventually. Um, now we have you know, people coming through who are apprenticeship solicitors, um, who have SQE that they've learned on the job with a different kind of degree, who are uh, you know, legal executives, a lot of them legal executives that yeah. are now partners in the firm and, and non-lawyers as partners in the firm, not at the moment, but we have had in the mm. past. Um, so we just embrace all of that. And I think we're quite good as a firm, maybe you'll agree or not, at seeing what people bring to the table in terms of their skills rather than what the labels they... Yeah. 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 It's true. I mean, in my team, I have somebody who was our office junior and is now a paralegal giving advice and giving it brilliantly. And we recognise it, don't we? we? We spot if someone's got, got the skills to do a different job and if it's a job they want to do, we'll encourage them and support them to make change. And, uh, yeah, and the lady I'm thinking of in my team is fantastic. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, we, we do that. I think it's great. Brilliant. Any other final words of wisdom to share with our audience? Well, I, I always think if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And as long as you're happy in work and you're supported by the people that you have around you and you can have a bit of a laugh and, um, and enjoy yourself during the working day, then I think you've got, you've got gold there, haven't you? Absolutely. <laughs> One final thing before you go, though. On our podcast, we are doing the audience, yeah, the audience sourced question, which I think we just uh, touched on before you came in. So what we have here are a number of questions, audience 
audience sourced. It's a bit of a tongue twister, that one, isn't it? So if you'd like to choose one, we'll then see what the audience want to know from you. Right. Are you opening it or am I you opening it? Oh, I've always wanted to do this. And the winner oh, is... <laughs> what is a career or business milestone that you once thought was impossible, but you actually achieved? And what did it take to get there? career or business milestone? Well, if you went back to Sam Miles as she graduated on graduation day, what would she think she was going to achieve and have you achieved that? I mean, if you want, if we think about it like that, it was getting a training contract, getting that first rung on the ladder and, yeah, because that starts you off. Mm -hmm. So getting that was the the biggest thing because it was the thing that set me on the right path was a very strange firm and I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend the training I had to anybody but got me here so we do it so much better for our trainees today do don't we so much better yeah I am um, I had very strange training but could be the subject of a whole other podcast but we won't we won't get into it now <laughs> <laughs> well that brings us to the end of this one then Sam it's been a pleasure hearing about you and I you know we should have these conversations more often so yeah Thank you for taking part in the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'll see you for lunch another day. Cool. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found the discussions insightful and empowering. To stay connected and continue receiving valuable content, make sure you hit the subscribe button and be the first to know about our upcoming episodes. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook and LinkedIn at Warner Goodman LLP, as well as YouTube at Piece of Pod. Thank you again. Until next time.